Our gospel lesson is from the Gospel of John. This is a, a, one of the many sections, uh, one of the many teachings that happened for the disciples during the Last Supper. And we kind of come in in the middle of it, but they keep asking, they keep trying to peg Jesus down. Where are you going? Well, he answers in some sort of cryptic answer that we're still trying to figure out to this day. And, you know, well, who are you? And, well, he gives another cryptic answer, like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, things, this is where we get a lot of those famous uh, statements in the Gospel of John. And so we pick it up in the middle, and the disciples are getting more and more exasperated at Jesus. So we pick it up at uh, chapter 14, verse 8, and then we're going to read a little bit, and then we'll skip down to verse 25. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for me, you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Because he abides in you, and he will be in you. Then skipping down to verse 25. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Here ends the reading of God's holy word for us this day. I know I'm going to lose my place in the service if I don't keep this right there. So when I was a kid in Sunday school, no older than Xavier, we'd sing a lot of goofy songs. I don't know, Abby, if you ever sang any of these in Sunday school here. Did you do, I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men? No. Did anyone do that one? Okay, Jim did. All right. Okay. All right. Okay, good. And then there was the wise man built his house upon the rock. We always love that one because you get to do smash at the end. The house on the sand went smash. 
And then, uh, of course, there was, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Okay, Lynn didn't leave me hanging. We'll try that again. Where? And I'm so happy. So, yeah, and it goes on and on and on as you remember. And then there was the one, Jesus knocks, knocks, knocks. Did you guys have to do that one? At the door of my heart. Jesus knocks, knocks, knocks at the door of my heart. Jesus knocks, knocks, knocks at the door of my heart. Open and let him in. That was another fun one. Anyone that had like a big finale was always really fun. So open and let him in. That one really puzzled me when I was, when I was, you know, five or six years old because elementary school kids are really literal thinkers. So that one sounded a little gruesome at times. Jesus knocks, knocks, knocks at the door of your, my heart has a door in it. So it's not until later that you get the concept that your heart is where your feelings are. And Valentine's Day kind of helps with that, right? Because you see all the hearts at Valentine's Day. Your heart is where your spirit is. Your heart is where your feelings are. And your heart is where the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized, sets up residence. There are a lot of names for the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. Now, when I was Xavier's age, you know, that was right around, I guess, Ghostbusters had come out a couple years before that. So, Holy Ghost got kind of confusing for me with, with that movie out. But, you know, I worked through that. But there are other lesser-known names for the Holy Spirit. The Advocate, which we heard it several times in the Gospel lesson today, which in the Greek is the word paraclete. So my dad would say, well, you can always think of the Holy Spirit as this little parakeet sitting on your shoulder. It's not parakeet, paraclete, but it's a good, you know, way to remember that. And one you may never have heard of or never, uh, or rarely heard or never equated it really with the Holy Spirit is actually the Spirit of Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's Christ's Spirit sent down here while he's up with God in heaven. You know, he's not physically with us anymore. He ascended into heaven, but he sends his spirit to knock, knock, knock on the door of our hearts. That's what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples. Because, man, are they scared right now as we read this scripture. In John's Gospel, the Last Supper just kind of goes on and on and on forever. It's this really, really long meal where Jesus tries to communicate all that he can. He tries to cram in all the information that he can about what's going to happen and why it's going to happen. He's trying to comfort them because he knows how terrified they are, which is nothing compared to how terrified they're going to be after he's arrested and crucified and they feel like they're left all alone. So he's trying to prepare them. And so one of them asks, look, if you would just show us God, if you would just show us this father you've been yammering on about, I'd be convinced. I'd be satisfied. I'd be set. I'd be good to go. And Jesus says, well, you've seen me. You've seen God. You've seen the father because the father is in me and I'm in him. And more than that, 
when Jesus returns to God, God's going to send this advocate, this comforter, this spirit of Christ. And Jesus says, the same way that the Father abides in him and he abides in the Father, that spirit is going to be with us. That spirit is going to abide with us and be in us. That's what happens when we're baptized. We receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit takes up residence inside us, in that thinking, feeling part of us called our spirits, our hearts. It's that... It's that Holy Spirit that enables us to lift up our hearts when we join in the Lord's Supper. It's that Spirit that changes this bread and juice into a full meal that nourishes our spirit. It's that Spirit that enables us to call God Father. Because having the Holy Spirit dwelling with our spirit marks us as God's children. That's the other thing we celebrate in baptism, that we're marked as God's children. And it's the Holy Spirit that is evidence of that. We're not God's slaves. We're not even God's friends. But God's children. That's truly our power. That's truly where our power is. That because of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, our relationship with God is a family one. We are God's children. God loves us and cares about us and gets frustrated with us, but really, God is extremely interested in us because we are his children. So often we don't live that way, do we? We find ourselves afraid. We find ourselves challenged and uncomfortable. And we find ourselves feeling as if we're losing control or, on the best days, barely in control of the world around us. When really we weren't in control of any of it in the first place. And that's because we live in the world, as Jesus calls it, calls it, or the real world, as we would call it, right? We live in the real world. We live in a place where sin is constantly pulling for our attention, where sin is always distracting us. We have to live in the world. We have to live in the real world where might makes right, where whoever shouts the loudest wins, where winning is more important than equality, where we have to spend so much time looking out for ourselves that everyone else, well, that's their problem. This is the world that Jesus says hasn't received the Holy Spirit. Not just that it has not received the Holy Spirit, but it cannot receive the Holy Spirit. It is unable to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within it. Because the world 
is fallen. It is full of sin. And this is the world in which we have to live and move. This is the world in which we find ourselves. Each one of us, like a little outpost of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us like a little child of God on a great big college campus that's the world. How's that for a graduate metaphor for you? How would we be different if we constantly worked to remember who God is for us? How could we impact the world if we were daily consciously aware of that little light of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Well, there's another good Sunday school song, right? This little light of love. How would our lives be different if every day we were consciously aware that we are children of God? How would we be different I mean, as I, as I say it, it kind of reminds me of that question. If you knew you only had 24 hours to live, what would you do differently? Because they both have that sort of life-changing weight to them. How would our lives be different if we lived every day consciously aware that we belong to God? That God is like a parent to us. Because that is truly where our power lies, in being God's children. That's where our power to overcome fear lies, in being God's children. Because outside, in a, outside of a sinful world, children don't fear their parents. Nor do they fear the world because they know their parents protect them. Our power to love fiercely comes from the Holy Spirit because we've seen the example of Christ, of how God loves us. Our power to carry the Spirit of Christ into the world comes from the Holy Spirit. All of that power comes from the Holy Spirit. Power to overcome fears. The power to love one another. The power to carry the message of Christ into the world. All of that comes from having that Holy Spirit in us, constantly reminding us, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. God loves you like his child. You are an heir to the kingdom. What are you afraid of? We have to be aware of it. That's the key. That's the tricky part. We have to hold in our heads, in those moments when the world is at its most worldly, who we belong to. You know, one of Jay Hollinsworth's favorite phrases, not just who we are, but whose we are. In those moments of anger or drudgery, 
of hopelessness when we look at the news of desperation, when you are very aware that you're in the world, right? That's when we really need to remember. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. I have the Spirit of Christ sent from God inside of me. Remember in those moments that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Since your baptism, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and enables you to call the creator of the universe, Dad. That's what Abba means. Abba, Father. Daddy, Father. You have that ability because you have the Holy Spirit inside you. Friends, that is the power that can change the world. And each and every one of you has it right inside you. Amen.